The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. The Wellness Community and Gildas Club have united to become the Cancer Support Community, one of the largest providers of cancer support in the United States and around the world. Our services are offered at more than 170 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. Today's show is sponsored in part by Azi, Genentech, and Amgen. Uh, I want to start off uh, our episode with a quote from, from Bill Cosby about parenting. Uh, uh, quote, in spite of the 6,000 manuals on child raising in the bookstores, child raising is still a dark continent and no one really knows anything. You just need a lot of love and luck and, of course, courage. So uh, we certainly know that to be true, and even with all of its rewards and wonderful moments, parenting is a tough job. Raising a family after losing a spouse can make things even more challenging. Uh, After coming up empty-handed in their search for resources for fathers who had recently lost their wives to cancer, a team at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, began their own support group just for these men. Uh, Since its inception in the fall of 2010, this program has helped a group of fathers through a challenging time in their lives and is teaching experts important things about the unique needs of these men. Uh, Today, we are joined by two guests to talk more about this innovative program called Single Dads Due to Cancer. We have with us Dr. Justin Yop, Assistant Professor in the Department of Psychiatry at UNC Chapel Hill and founder of Single Dads Due to Cancer. Thanks for joining us, Justin. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here, and I really appreciate the time to uh, come on and speak to some of your listeners. Absolutely. And also joining us a little later in the show, we'll have Bruce Hamm, one of the fathers uh, of single fathers due to cancer, who's just written a book about his experience called Laughter, Tears, and Braids, A Father's Journey Through Losing His Wife to Cancer. Um, And uh, we'll look forward to hearing more about that uh, from Bruce and hearing about the book and his own experience. But uh, let's start off, Justin, by giving our listeners some background uh, about the program. Tell us a little bit more about how single fathers due to cancer got started. Well, it started a little over three years ago. Um, we, my colleague and I, Don Rosenstein, we work in the in the Comprehensive Cancer Support Program at the University of North Carolina Cancer Hospital, and we see a lot of patients, uh, men, women, children, uh, with cancer and their families. And we had a um, a few years ago, we we had a number of uh, relatively young women mothers uh, who had uh, terminal cancer. And so we worked with them and their families, and uh, there's several of them. They all ended up passing about the same time. And then it was 
uh, maybe a few weeks after that in one of our uh, in one of our meetings we we got to talking and got to wondering about how the dads who we had met uh, along with their wives about how they were doing and uh, it felt to me to uh, look to see what resources were available in the community uh, so that we could refer them there. Um, and that, as you uh, mentioned in your prelude, that, that was a search that came up, uh, at least to us, came up shockingly empty. Um, there was practically no, I say practically really no um, uh, attention either clinically or in the research realm paid to uh, fathers, widowed fathers in general, but especially widowed fathers who have uh, you know, been through their wives or their partner's cancer battle and are now raising children uh, alone after their wife's death. And so after that, we kind of got to thinking, and the more we searched and the more we, we couldn't find anything, so we got to thinking what we should do or what we could do about it. And um, it was one too much longer later. We actually called uh, several of the guys that we had met and asked if they'd be interested in meeting with us for at least a conversation, maybe even kind of a focus group, just to kind mm-hmm. of see what some of the issues were that they were going through and see if we could maybe offer them something. And we were thinking maybe a support group. And so we met with those gentlemen um, soon after that. And, you know, as we had predicted, they were struggling, right, as they should be. Um, yeah, yeah. And it, it wasn't just, you know, of course, just their their child's loss or their loss as far as losing a, losing a wife, but it was figuring out how to be a single dad. Um, and especially coming out of the, you know, you can say the emotional wreckage of caring for their uh, wives and uh, children during their cancer battle. And so they were just, um, they looked lost. They said they were lost. They didn't know which way was up and that they were, they were getting through. They were putting one foot in front of the other, but that it was a struggle. And that one of the things that was a struggle was, not knowing any others in their situation and really, uh, you know, they kind of felt like they were out on an island. So uh, Don and I left that meeting convinced that we would start a support group, and we did start one uh, a few months after that. And uh, we've been going ever since. So we have the support group, and we're getting ready to start a second support group. Uh, since these guys have been going through this for quite a while, we kind of want to start a new one um, to allow uh, newer widowers to come in. Um, and we've been going ever since. And it started out as that, started out as a support group, and has grown to um, continue that. But it's also grown into having an education piece, um, having a research piece, and um, trying to reach fathers really all around the country via our website, uh, singlefathersdutocancer.org. Justin, why, why do you think that, you know, in, in your search, <laughs> that uh, hmm. you, you found little to no support out there specifically for uh, for, for, for men. And I, you know, I, I, uh, um, I'm not sure if, you know, you were just looking specific. I mean, you obviously have a very specific group of men for whom you formed right. this, uh, you know, y- you know, young men who lost their wives, who had young children. I mean, it was a very specific profile, but were you finding very little support for men in general or for caregivers in general? Yeah, very little. And what was out there, um, at least as it appeared to us, you know, it seemed to be geared toward uh, women and widows instead of widowers. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you go to the, you know, Barnes and Noble and kind of peruse the uh, grief file, you know, if you look at the books, they're really they're predominantly written for, by, and about women for for mm-hmm. widows. And certainly, those books are, you know, there there should probably be more of them, right? Those things are right. those resources are very valuable. But when you you know, if you look to what's out there, uh, you know, that's available for these men, there's yeah. there's just really nothing. And that, you know, it's 
this gets to the whole gender stereotype, which right. probably has some truth to it, right? Sure. Um, yeah, so, and I guess since I'm a guy, I can say that. <laughs> yeah, and since um, I'm a woman, I can agree. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, and so, but there is some research to support that, and the research says that uh, men, widowers, are less likely to seek out support than widows, and that even when support is offered, widows are more likely to take that support than widowers. So what you get is, you know, men who are grieving are less likely to reach out or even to accept support that's offered to them. So again, you kind of get them on this island, and and you know, and that's and that's one thing when it's uh, when it's you going through it alone and it's your grief, or say your children are old and you know grown out of the house and doing their own thing, but but when you're coping and you're functioning, impacts how your children are doing, uh, right. it's kind of a different ball game. And, and I can tell you that all the men in our group kind of knew that and sensed, sensed that from the beginning, that how did, they were doing had a direct yeah. impact on how on their kids, kids were doing. And did they all have kids, like, let's say, under 18, all the men in the group? Yeah, so, and so that's a, uh, a requirement, I guess you could say, for the group okay. is to have a, have a child who is in the home. And so um, the youngest we had, we had one uh, one gentleman who's – Kids were in uh, his youngest child was in preschool, and then we have um, up until eighteen, and even some that are older, but they have younger siblings. Uh, so within the men within our group, we really have a, a, a varied range of, uh, of children's ages. So I guess in some ways it was the what was the premise for these men in their own minds, perhaps participating. I'm not doing this for myself, but I'm doing it for my kids. That's um, exactly that, right, and I, and you know what, and and we don't. It, it, that, Yes, that that is our that is our thought is that if this was a you know men support group then maybe right. it wouldn't be as as appealing but if it's a a father support group pretty much you're doing this not because you're a guy but because you're a father because mm-hmm. you have a child at home at least one child at home mm-hmm. uh, we we think that that probably made it uh, a little more appealing and a little bit kind of easier to walk in the door and you know all the men in our support group have almost I think they've all said you know to a T that. They never envisioned themselves as uh, support group kind of guys, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, as I imagine most men don't. Um, right. right. But this situation was different, right? This was this was not a normal situation. This was uh, this was you know as big of an earthquake in their lives as they could imagine. Right. And um, and I think that that allows for you know a little a little further exploration and openness to support uh, when it's offered. But in, at least until we kind of got this going a few years ago there you know even if someone was wanting some support out there specific to widowed fathers much less to cancer there mm. you know you you really got to search far and wide and you're still not going to find much you know um justin we've got two two or three minutes until our our first break here but um but just just talk about that earthquake <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. you know for a minute i mean i think there, you know there there are some obvious issues about uh, you know the loss of a, of a spouse, especially the loss of a young spouse, father dealing with young kids. I mean, there's you know so obvious earthquake to, you know to that. But but what are some of the other pieces that folks wouldn't even necessarily think about that suddenly you know you as a father have to confront with that loss? Well, you know, I, I, there's a lot of what you would typically expect, kind of being in that fog, um, being uh, kind of numb to emotions. But for, you think about for these fathers, they're you know they're not coming into this clean. They're you know depending on their wives, um, you know, cancer struggles and how arduous their treatment was. Some of them, you know, their their first day of being a widower, they were exhausted, um, mentally, physically, sometimes financially drained. Um, yeah. And that's not, a, you know, that's not a great place to start from, right? And um, especially if you're starting a journey that, you, you know, there is no roadmap and 
you really don't have uh, you know any confidence that you can succeed in. It really takes a, a matter of faith, and I think faith uh, is hard to come by in those moments. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it, it would seem um, that uh, may may perhaps be a little bit more challenging when you're a father to daughters. Then, 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 perhaps to, then perhaps to, to sons. Can you take a minute to to talk about that? Yes, you're uh, Kim. You're you're very perceptive. I feel like you've been in some of our meetings lately. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, and 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 we we don't have any hard fast data to support that, but yeah. but certainly anecdotally, our experience is is just that. Um, you know, and some of those might be what you would imagine, a 12-year-old girl who doesn't have uh, their mother. That's kind of a, you know, there are certain things that, uh, you know, that a, a daughter might like to ask their mother uh, as opposed to their father. But then there's also kind of a, uh, we've seen at least with a couple of our dads where the oldest daughter has um, taken almost a, you know, pseudo-maternal role in the family mm-hmm. um, where, you know, their mother's passed, they're the oldest sibling, they're the female that kind of, take on that that leadership role within the house which you know when when you're trying to juggle a million balls can can be helpful for these dads but at the same time it it that may not be healthy especially down the road if you introduce uh dating and someone else in their life that can be seen as a threat to these to these young daughters Right, right. Gosh, oh my gosh, so many issues and so many layers, and and so and 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 you know so many age specific uh, you know issues that you're um, describing that can really be you know challenging through this uh, uh, through this process. We're talking today with Dr. Justin Yap, assistant professor in the Department of um, Psychiatry at UNC Chapel Hill, uh, and founder of a great group called Single Dads Due to Cancer. Um, uh, talking about a group of men who've lost their wives to cancer and the the, the challenges of um, uh, raising their children uh, in that situation. We've got a lot uh, that we're going to cover on the show today. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're going to take a quick break here. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus drug discount card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance, and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies. But 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Everyone is eligible for RX Savings Plus. There are no age or income restrictions and no paperwork. Simply print a card and start saving on your prescriptions. Start saving today. Enroll and print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word talk radio to 963. 362. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. 
Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia. Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, sponsored in part today by Celgene Lilly Oncology and Onyx. I'm Kim Tibaldo from the Cancer Support Community, and today we're talking about Single Dads Due to Cancer, a unique program at UNC Chapel Hill that is helping fathers who have lost their wives to cancer. And I'm so pleased to have Dr. Justin Yap, Assistant Professor in the Department of Psychiatry at UNC Chapel Hill with us uh, today. Um, Justin, can you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the format of the, of the, the support group or the support programs that you're um, providing, you know, through single dads due to cancer? Is it mainly, you know, a support group format? Are there other kinds of activities? Um, you know, what happens in a typical meeting? Can you kind of bring it alive for us a little bit, give us a flavor for the program? Yeah, absolutely. And I can even take you back uh, to when we started this a few years ago. Uh, uh, my colleague Don and I were, um, you know, we knew going into this that, that you know, we weren't the end-all, be-all experts in single fathers due to cancer because there really were none. So we, we thought that we would have uh, something to learn from these fathers. But nevertheless, we set up a a pretty structured format as to what the group's uh, each session would look like, and it would be about a 30-minute didactic and then followed by about an hour of group discussion. Um, and that plan uh, didn't even make it out of the first meeting. <laughs> um, we, we, we realized uh, even more than we had expected that these guys, um, one, had a, a heck of a lot to teach us, and two, really wanted to hear from each other. Um, you know, I, I suppose that any of them could have gone to see a psychologist or, or a psychiatrist for a didactic, but what they really couldn't get and didn't have any access to before this was hearing, seeing, and, you know, looking at other people who were going through what they were going through. Um, so by the end of the first session, we had, uh, we we were very upfront with the dads and told them, look, here's what we were going to do, but it seems to us already that maybe we should just uh, yield the floor to group discussion and not have any really predetermined topics. But, uh, you know, you guys seem like you're invested and you're obviously uh, you're bringing a lot to the table. You guys can drive the conversation. And that has remained the format. We uh, come in, we order some pizza or subs and throw them in the middle of the table, and uh, everyone arrives at 6 o'clock, and we just get to talking. And sometimes, uh, you know, the fathers, you know, Don and I will sit back and maybe steer the discussion, but it doesn't take a whole lot of stimulation. They really know what they want to talk about, and they really know what they want to hear from each other. And, uh, you know, as you can expect, and really one of the one of the values of a support group is, is getting advice and hearing from your peers, and that can really be 
uh, more impactful than hearing from a you know mental health professional. Um, because no matter how much you know I'm, I may think I know, I don't really know. And um, so we really that's the format of the group. We come in, we get to talking. There's you know, these guys know each other now. They're very friendly. They uh, maybe rib each other a little bit, but then we get down to business and. Um, and and we go. We're always supposed to end at seven thirty, but we inevitably go till about eight o'clock. Mm, wow! Wow! And and we and we're we're a, they're able to do that in part because we uh, one thing we did think about before the first group that I think we got right was that we wanted to offer childcare mm-hmm. uh, on-site childcare during the support group. We we thought it would be uh, pretty tone deaf to. Um, you know, ask men to come talk about the parenting challenges, and then ask them to find a babysitter. Yeah. Um, so, so we have um, actually now starting next month, we're going to be partnering with um, some student athletes here at UNC uh, who are going to be watching the kids um, and eating pizza and playing games. It's not therapeutic at all. It's just it's just having yeah. fun uh, while yeah. the dads are in here talking. Right, right. No, I think it's just 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 a smart approach um to to you know be thinking through all of those um all those elements uh, you know just in what you know what uh, obviously you've got this nice sort of you know you you know you've got some some you know professionals in the room but you've got this nice sort of free flowing you know format that you you know again adjusted and said this is really you know this is what the what the group wants and and kind of roll with that but what you know what what are we touched in the last segment on some of the kinds of topics um you know that are covered in the group you know we talked about a you know maybe a, a a girl who might be you know starting mm. her period and, and right. being a mom right. you know to talk about that uh, you know uh, you know talk about dating you talked about a you know perhaps an oldest girl in the family who uh, maybe might get get pushed or assumed into that sort of maternal mm-hmm. role and some of the challenges of that what are some of the other you know kinds of topics that are covered in the group that 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 are you know either things that would come immediately to mind or maybe some things that were a surprise to you well you know in the beginning, when we first met with these guys and they were uh, pretty new into their widowerhood, uh, we talked a lot. And actually, Bruce Ham, who you'll be speaking with in a few minutes, uh, yeah. coined the phrase. Um, you know, we we had asked whether was there any preparation in terms of, um, you know, when when your wife's death was anticipated and you know you you knew you would be a sole parent. Uh, was there any transition of parental uh, roles, responsibilities, or kind of against different order? And uh, Bruce, whose wife was, uh, and he may tell you, was was fantastic uh, in her last days. But even with that, Bruce said he felt as if the baton was not passed; it was just thrown at him. And he has, and and he had spent the next. You know, months and you know, and on and on, trying to pick the baton up and figure out which way to run. So it really yeah. is just a matter of trying to navigate and trying to orient and trying to really juggle the three, the the three main things that we like to look at and that we talk about are, you know, your child's grief, your grief, and your role as a as a father and kind of keeping things straight around the house. Um, and that's a that's an enormous responsibility. A lot of our dads have talked about um, that. You know, they 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 knew they would be up for it because they would all put their kids before themselves. But at the same time, they, you know, I, I think each of them has voiced a concern that they're messing it up for their kids because they really don't have that sounding board. They really don't have a co-parent to kind of play good cop, bad cop, or kind of, you know, get some advice or keep them straight. They really just felt like they were all on their own and that it was, you know, literally all on them. Um, and I think that 
you know, that kind of crisis of, of faith was something that was very pronounced. Um, and I don't want to say in the early months, I'd say, you know, maybe for the first year for a lot of yeah. our dads. And and then it gets better. And it, it, it definitely gets better. And each of our dads would attest to that, and Bruce would attest to that. Yeah. Um, and, he, and even the uh, the title of his book, Laughter, Tears, and Braids, speak to that, that, um, yeah. you know, cer- cer- certainly the tears we would all know, but that the laughter comes back. And I think um, that's something that I don't know that all of our fathers believed at the beginning, but it has. But just just the idea again of, of you know how many fathers know how to braid their daughter's hair. I mean, it's, well, <laughs> yeah, and I can tell you that that uh, and Bruce will tell you that uh, you know he he did not know how to braid hair three or four years ago, um, and and you know and that's a on the surface it's a pretty trivial thing, but you know it's it's really a microcosm of can I take care of my daughter's needs, right? And you know he right. he has three daughters. He doesn't have any sons. He has three uh, daughters, either adolescent or pre-adolescent, and. Yeah, and taking care of these, whether it's whether it's you know braiding their hair or helping them pick out clothes or uh, right. you know navigate the boyfriend who breaks up with you, you know that's something that yeah. he, and, you know, that he said he would normally you yeah. know kind of pass pass that one to his wife Lisa, uh, but now it's all on him and he feels like he has to learn on the fly. And I don't yeah. know if Bruce will tell you because he's pretty modest, but he's been an excellent father. Um, and but it hasn't been without some struggles. And I'm sure it's a different way of bonding. You know, it's it's because those things are bonding experiences, but they're bonding experiences that you expect. You know, between a mother and a daughter, and so it just is a whole different uh, way of bonding. Um, uh, Justin, I want to jump into. Um, we've got uh, about three or four minutes until our break, but um, there's a research component to this program as well, which I think is really important because obviously what you're describing is so moving um, and so compelling, and it's happening right there in, in kind of one community. Um, in America, but but what kind of um, data are you collecting? You know, how will this help improve and create more more programs for other fathers in different parts of the country? How do we elevate and expand what you're doing? Um, you know, beyond your own community there. Right, and so uh, yeah, I'm glad you asked that because that's that's a very important point. I mean, I think that these you know eight guys have benefited from from this, but there's obviously tens of thousands of others out there that we would like to help. And so our ideal goal would be that there would be such support. Uh, groups at you know cancer hospitals or other support centers, uh, maybe even at you know cancer uh, support community uh, centers across the country. But to do that, we really have to, you know, we 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 know these eight guys very well, but we don't, you know, that that's a that's a really small group, obviously. So. Mm-hmm. So to do that, we have to learn more about their experiences and their needs and, and kind of what, you know, what would help us shape an intervention. And so on our website, singlefathersdutocancer.org, we have a online survey that fathers who visit the site can click on and fill out. And we spend a lot of time uh, with a psychometrician really uh, figuring out, um, you know, how to ask the questions um, intelligently, um, respectfully, but, but still getting, you know, the information that we wanted and we felt like we needed. Um, and so... So far, we've had, uh, I checked the other day, it's 306 fathers um, wow. from uh, like 42 states have filled it out. Wow. Um, and, yeah, we're just starting to look at the data. Uh, and it's it's very interesting. And when I say just starting, I mean we really just started within the last week or two. Um, and it's a lot of data think, you know, because we ask a lot of questions. Um, but we're learning, you know, th- that first blush at this data, it, it appears that, that a lot of these dads are, are depressed and their their depression scores are higher than we would have thought. Um, at the same time, they seem to have, they seem to feel like they're doing a decent job parenting. Um, 
and I think the how we're going to reconcile is that is that they're putting their needs, the needs of their children above themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, there's kind of that old adage of you know, if there's an emergency on an airplane to put your air mask on first before you get your child's air mask. Well, this yeah. is just the opposite. Right. I mean, that's that's ideal, but that's not the way it works here. So right. I think these, I think these guys, what we're seeing is that they are tending to their parental needs more mm-hmm. than their own needs. Um and I think that's what we would want, but at the same time, uh, right. you know, if that if that grief is left unresolved and not worked through, um, that's not good for anyone. So, right. so we're getting some great data. We have, um, like I said, 306 uh, dads so far, yeah. um, and this is, you know, that's 306 more dads that's never been looked at before. Um, Wonderful. So yeah, so we're we're really excited to dive into it a little bit a little bit deeper. Well, you know, we'll we'll look forward to um, to you know hearing more detail as you're doing that analysis, Justin, and really what it's teaching us as a cancer community and how we can, you know, better better meet the needs of uh, of this population. This is frankly speaking about cancer. Uh, we're talking about an organization called Single Fathers Due to Cancer. Uh, our guest is Dr. Justin Yop, assistant professor in the Department of Psychiatry at UNC. Chapel Hill, and he is the founder of Single Dads Due to Cancer. We're going to take a quick break here, and we will be right back. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community a global network of education and hope. People living with breast cancer often find it difficult to ask for help, and many of the people in their lives want to help but don't know how. During National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Cancer Support Community is proud to support Meal Trains sponsored by Magnolia, which utilizes Mealtrain.com, a free shared online calendar to streamline the process of giving and receiving meals for families coping with breast cancer. Help us reach our goal of 1,000 new breast cancer-specific meal trains this October. To learn more, visit Mealtrain.com MMT and enter the code MAGNOLIAB or visit us at CancerSupportCommunity.org. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. 
Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's show is, is sponsored in part by AstraZeneca, Millennium, and Purdue Pharma. I'm Kim Tebaldo, and today we're talking about single dads due to cancer. Uh, for this next segment, we're going to hear from Bruce Hamm, one of the members of this unique support group at UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, Bruce, let me ask you, uh, what did you think about support groups in general before you joined the uh, single fathers uh, due to cancer uh, group. Had you ever tried a support group before or had sort of preconceived notions about that? I think I had preconceived notions. I did not picture myself as a support group kind of guy. And it actually uh, been to hospice and um, I didn't participate, but I saw the support group folks walking in when I was there with my kids for their counseling after my wife died. And what I saw was uh, folks that didn't necessarily uh, look like me. A lot of folks who were considerably older than me, uh, folks who had lost spouses at a much older age, folks who had lost children. And uh, so I I did not feel like that that was the kind of group that I would fit in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bruce, just just take a minute to tell our, our listeners um, about your story, your loss of your wife, and and um, and uh, how old were your kids, uh, you know, when she passed, and 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 uh, you know, what was that like for you? And so we discovered Labor Day weekend of 2009 that my wife had a a large tumor in her colon. She was 39 years old, and within six months, she had passed away. Mm. And I have three daughters at the time. They were ages 13, uh, 9, and 7. So uh, as you can imagine, Mm -hmm. uh, the grief was tremendous. Uh, We had a strong, wonderful marriage, and I lost my best friend and my wife. But not only was I facing that, I was facing having to be a single parent raising three daughters uh, at very vulnerable ages. Uh, And and so it was really a very, very emotional and scary thing for me to face. Yeah, I I, uh, really, our our hearts go out to you on that and... and, uh... And uh, an incredible, incredible loss. And, and you know, we've been hearing about the uh, single dads, the dads due to cancer um, um, support group, and and uh, the the inspiration and the connection, that, you know, that it provided. Because as you said, you know, cancer is generally and then most commonly a disease of an older population. Right. You know, your wife being 39 is you know not a common. Uh, uh, experience and and, um, and and incredibly challenging and as you said three daughters thirteen nine and seven um, so so uh, you know we can only imagine what some of those challenges uh, you know were for you <laughs> but what 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 did that um, uh, and I know you've written some of that down in a book and I want to get to that in a minute but but what has this group meant to you this single fathers due, due to cancer group what has it meant to you and what what do you think is sort of, sort of so special or unique about it? You know, it was interesting. The minute that I walked in, I looked around the table, and everybody there was a guy, and everybody there was approximately my age. So just walking in the room, I felt at home. And when we started talking, everyone had lost their wives within a couple of months of each other, and we were all in the same place with our grief, and we were all fathers who were thrust into the single parenthood role. And so I think the commonality of the group is what has been 
so great that we all have so much in common. You can almost finish each other's sentences. Yeah. And we would come to a meeting and one person would say, well, I'm struggling with this. Mm. And through the period of time that we've been together, two or three guys around the circle would say, that same thing happened to me this month. I had those similar thoughts. That's exactly what my kid did. And then we would talk about and still talk about how we handled the situation. And so it was incredibly helpful to have someone walking in your identical shoes facing the same issues. Yeah, I, it's, um, you know, I think that empathy, that connection, and, 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 you know, the unique aspect of the fact that you guys were all together with, with you know, with uh with school-aged children, um, and I can imagine that there have been particular challenges um, as a as a father with uh, with girls. Um, <laughs> you know, and I I imagine a lot of a lot of sorrow, um, but I can imagine there must have been some maybe funny or interesting uh, moments as well. Bruce, I want to tell folks about your book. Um, Laughter, Tears, and Braids, uh, A Father's Journey Through living, uh, Losing His Wife to Cancer. It almost made me want to do a national survey of fathers to see how many of them do know how to braid their daughter's, <laughs> their, their daughter's I, hair. <laughs> I found out how to do that about six months after my daughter died, and my youngest daughter was crying because she couldn't get her hair braided. And I said, I can do that. And she said, you don't even have any hair. There's no way you can do this. And I called my middle daughter in, and she showed me what to do. And, you know, we got one simple braid. And I'm to the point now that I can French braid, which, you know, for me is top of the line. But um, it's been an interesting right, journey. Now, now, now I think you're showing off a little I'm bit. I'm bragging a little bit here, yeah. <laughs> but I've learned, you know, I didn't know about tights. Uh, I didn't know how to log on to the school website. My wife did so many of those things. I was a good dad, and I came home and tickled the kids and cuddled with them and joked with them. But she was the COO of our house. and took care of all the logistics and all the girl stuff. And so it was really, really a challenge for me. Uh, But but I think I've learned well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I, you know, as you said, I mean, that's what parenting is, right? It's a division of division of labor and a division of responsibility, and and suddenly you're in this moment where you don't know what you don't know about so many practical things, and and all of that emotion and 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 loss really layered on. I, I can imagine it makes for a challenging time, and just to have that uh, to have that group to be able to turn to and say, hey, I'm not alone. You know, there are others going through this. You know, must have just really been um, uh, been so comforting. Um, Bruce, unfortunately, there are others who are experiencing a similar loss to you, a father, a husband losing his wife at a young and unexpected age with with school-age children. Um, You have some words of advice if we've got maybe a listener today who's recently lost a spouse and has younger kids. um, What advice would you give um, uh, to that father after that loss? You know, I, I tell folks you need to lean into your grief. You've got to experience it. You've got to feel it. It's okay to cry. It's okay to show your kids how you feel. And I think that's a critical piece of getting through it is allowing yourself to sort of lean into it. Uh, for me, um, I had some people who helped hold me accountable, and the group being one of them, that said at points, 
okay, you've wallowed in this enough. You've got to push yourself a little bit harder. You got to stop feeling sorry for yourself and begin to put the pieces of the puzzle of your life back together. And that accountability at times, not too quickly, but at times was important to me. Mm-hmm. And then I think for me, the third thing was trying to figure out how to um, have purpose in this. And for me, it was writing. It was it was starting a blog, which I think helps helps some folks out there who are dealing with grief, who are maybe single parents. And then the book was another important thing to me to help put a little meat, a little purpose behind what I was doing and trying to take my experience and help others. Uh, So I think if you can find a reason to continue to go on, a way to help others through your grief, that was critically important for me. And um, um, Bruce, where can can folks... uh... Where can folks find the book? The book's called Laughter, Tears, and Braids, A Father's Journey Through Losing His Wife to Cancer. Just we only have a quick minute until we go to our break here, but what's in the book and where can folks find it? Uh, The book is on Amazon. And, you know, I originally started writing it to uh, help my kids understand who their mom was. Mm -hmm. But I think what uh, I found was helping folks uh, see what grief is like so they could better empathize. And then helping people kind of realize to take advantage of every minute that you have because you never know uh, what's going to happen tomorrow. So those are really the biggest things that I think uh, folks would get out of the book. And so folks can find it on uh, on Amazon.com? Yep, absolutely. Uh, we are uh, talking today about a support group called Single Fathers Due to Cancer. Um, this is a, uh, a, a support group, particularly for uh, single fathers who, uh, uh, husbands who've lost their wives who have uh, school age uh, uh, children. And um, it's uh, it's an incredible group. We're learning really so much about the unique challenges and the the the, the, uh, the sorrow and uh, the grieving and uh, some of the some of the sort of you know funny moments and 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 challenging moments. And and uh, our, our guest Bruce Ham has written an amazing book called Laughter, Tears, and Braids: A Father's Journey Through Losing His Wife to Cancer, which you can find uh, on Amazon.com. And for more information about single fathers due to cancer. Uh, you can visit www.singlefathersdutocancer.org. Check out that website. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the health care process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you a breakaway from cancer. 
created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Our show is sponsored in part today by McKesson's Giving Comfort Program um, by Bristol-Myers Squibb and by Morphicheck. I'm Kim Tibaldo. We're, uh, we're ra- wrapping up, unfortunately, getting to the end of our show uh, and, and having this amazing conversation about, uh, about single dads uh, due to cancer. We just had a chance to uh, hear from Bruce Hamm about his own experience and, uh, uh, and about his book <laughs> detailing uh, some, of that, uh, some of that experience. And, and uh, I've got a, a few more questions. Questions uh, for for, uh, for for Justin as we wind down the show uh, uh, today, Justin. What uh, you know, you've ob- obviously observed this uh, this group over time. Um, what kind of changes have you seen from the participants? Um, you, you know, in the group, what, what you know, what I mean, if there are results uh, that you can point to, what kind of results uh, are you seeing? Is the format um, working well, and do you see it as a model that is scalable for for others? around the country? Yeah, that's a great question. So to that last point, uh, we we think that we, we definitely want this to go uh, nation or worldwide. The way we do this now with our current support group with these fathers, with this first group, including Bruce, uh, is probably not scalable, right? I mean, this is something we've been doing for three years with these guys, and really our support groups now, although they're still support groups, I would say we spend maybe close to to the uh, close to half of the time with these fathers talking about ways that they can help us reach other dads out there. So it's it's kind of slash support group slash work group. And I think that's a measure of that these guys are kind of past that blast zone. And as Bruce talked about, you know, the laughter has returned. Um, but so, so the way the way we've done this group has really I think that's going to have to stand alone as a unique uh, yeah. intervention. I think yeah. in the future we we would want to have more time limited um, uh, group meetings. Our thinking is maybe to um, and maybe be best for uh, the group to run concurrently with the academic school year, given that uh, children are in these are, these are all men, these are all men with children. So maybe starting the group sometime in September, October, and running it till May, and mm-hmm. and each new year would be a different group. Um, you know, this the the group that Bruce is in has really been unique um, and is not scalable. But uh, I think that the it's it's clear to me, and the, and the guys will say this too, that the 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 benefit that they have received from meeting with each, meeting with each other has been uh, an an integral ingredient in their. Uh, coping and kind of getting out of that funk at the beginning and getting to where they are all managing their lives and they're not they're not past the sadness and things aren't normal uh, they probably never will be but but they're yeah. okay and they're and they're doable and you know the the content of our conversation our support group really reflects that we we talk more now about dating than we did two years ago mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we 
talk more about, um, you know, kind of navigating relationships with in-laws than we did two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so we've seen from these gentlemen, we've seen a natural progression of what issues are most at the forefront, um, you know, several months after their wives have passed, and then what issues are, 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 are more pressing uh, two or three years out. And so uh, in the process of us structuring what a, a more manualized support group would look like, um, we're certainly going to learn uh, or um, use the lessons that we've learned from these fathers in, uh, in making that support group uh, template. And are there resources on the website that, that others can, can benefit from if they don't live in your community? Yeah, absolutely. There's, I mean, I, you know, I wish there were, I wish I could say that there were more of these support groups out there. And we are yeah. partnering with um, someone at NYU who's expressed some interest in starting a group uh, in New York. Um, but certainly, if you go to our website, singlefathersdoecancer.org, there's we have a series of short videos. They're each about three or four minutes long, um, just featuring the fathers in our group talking about their experiences. And each video is about a, a, a different aspect of their um, being a, a widowed father. And our hope is that, you know, if you're a widowed father in Boise, Idaho, and there's no support groups, you know, within 3,000 miles, you can at least click on this, see what these guys have talked about, see what they talk about, see what they're going through, and at least experience some kind of kinship. Um, um, Justin, I know you've gotten some, some uh, national media attention. Uh, can you tell us more about the, the response yeah. to the media? Yeah, we've been very fortunate, um, and really uh, the, the 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 primary driver for us to get this media attention has been that we want to let fathers know about the support group, and we also want fathers to fill out the survey so we can learn out, learn more about their experiences. But there is no uh, registry for widowed dads out there, and there's no really easy way to reach them. So uh, one of the ways that we've relied on is through media exposure. So we had the Today Show did a uh, segment on us back in March. Uh, we had Jane Brody, who's a columnist for uh, New York Times. Mm-hmm. Uh, write a column uh, on us back in the spring as well, um, and then around Father's Day, the Associated Press um, put out on their on their uh, on their wire service a uh, story about our group, and then featured and interviewed a couple of our dads. Um, yeah. And 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 as you could tell from your interview with Bruce, he's a he's a very engaging and charming guy. So he has been. He has been one of those, uh, you know, who has been uh, involved in a lot of these media stories, and, and yeah. he was, in fact, the dad who was featured on the, on the Today Show segment. Um, so, yeah, that's been really important for us to get the word out, and, um, you know, we, we are yeah. in a position where we're, we're relying on those kind of media exposure and then certainly through organizations uh, such as yours to, to really reach families. You know, um, we're getting uh, Justin towards the end of the uh, to, to the end of our show. But um, let me ask you this: what What advice would you give a newly diagnosed single father, you know, due to cancer, who's who's just maybe lost their spouse and facing some of these challenges with being a father, raising their children, children having lost their mother? Um, you know, just a, just a few tips, a few words of advice for for, for men in that situation. I think my number one, uh, probably my my top two pieces of advice would be one to know that uh, that what they're going through is normal. That's something all the guys talked about. They didn't know if they were crazy. They didn't know if they were. I mean, just really that 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 crisis of confidence and really just thinking uh, that they weren't going to do it. And that kind of coincides with the second piece of advice, and that is that as we've seen from our dads and as we know from some of the other grief literature, it does get better. And yeah. where you are 
two months after your uh, wife or partner has died is is almost assuredly not going to be where you are two years later, and it, it's not as it's not a straight road to healing, and it's not always an easy one, of course, but. It does get better, and that's actually one of the clips, uh, one of the video clips on the website. It's all the dads talking about, um, you know, while it's they're not saying it's it's good and everything's okay, but looking back to where they were in those in those days and months after, it does get better. And um, you know, as Bruce has said, the the laughter does come back. And how important uh, is that? is that connection for these men to have with one another, just seeing that you're not alone, seeing other folks going through this. I mean, that seems like that's yeah. sort of the, the that, secret sauce in all of this, huh? That, that's exactly right. That's, that's the essence of it is to celebrate each other's successes and learn from each other's setbacks. Yeah. And, and going through that on your own with maybe with a therapist or not is, is you know, you, of course, fathers have been doing that for you know, decades and centuries, but, to see other people try something out and see it does work or doesn't work is it really gives you a, a totally different give these fathers a totally different perspective on how they can approach their own families. So yeah. um, you know, when, when someone feels like they've made a big gain or that they're doing well, um yeah. you know, that's that's cause for everyone to celebrate. Celebrate. That's so so affirming that piece of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank Justin and Bruce for being on the show today to educate us on um, this important resource that's now available for fathers who've lost their wives to cancer, and this is certainly a demographic uh, that needs and deserves this uh, uh, kind of support, and it's especially inspiring to see um, that the men in this group, um, uh, you know, have become uh, significant and important advocates uh, for this cause and this idea of finding support for uh, single fathers due to cancer. Um, you can order uh, a copy of uh, of Bruce Ham's book, Laughter, Tears, and Braids, A Father's Journey Through Losing His Wife to Cancer on Amazon.com. Uh, For more information uh, about single fathers due to cancer, you can visit their website at www.singlefathersdutocancer.org. Uh, for more information about our organization, the Cancer Support Community, and the many education and support services that we provide, um, please feel free to call our helpline at 888-793-9355. You can go to our website, cancersupportcommunity.org. You can find our 50 affiliates around the country, our satellite programs. We've got a helpline. We've got an online community, uh, lots of great free uh, support and educational resources for um, people with cancer and their loved ones and those suffering a loss and grieving as well. Uh, this is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Tibaldo. Until next time, be well, do well, live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.